Welcome to One Shot, One Life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. Now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad, Doug Fitzgerald. Welcome to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, broadcasting from our One Shot, One Life studios right here in the middle of the heartland in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. Uh, as always, a big thanks to my executive producer, Josh Floyd. Josh, uh, thank you for all you do. Of course. Celebrated two years last week. So yeah, we're two years old. Now we're on to the next two years. That's right. I'm excited next about 20. that. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of two years and another two years, have you ever experienced burnout at a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I have too. I think most people have. Um, maybe you're listening to the show today and you're right in the middle of burnout. I've personally been there, uh, both early on in my radio career and also as a pastor. And you know, some of th- those were some of the most heavy and emotional times in my life. Uh, but here's the good news: uh, it doesn't have to be that way. There are steps that we can take to protect ourselves from burnout in our careers, and I'll share those in just a few minutes at the end of the segment. And uh, but we also have a special guest for today's show who's going to help us not to get overwhelmed and burned out in our personal lives. Uh, licensed professional counselor Jennifer Thume will be joining us. Jennifer is the president and CEO of Haven Professional Counseling in Pennsylvania, where they're doing some really amazing and life-changing counseling work there. Her concentration is in marriage and family counseling for the past 20-plus years. So listen close to this. Do you feel overwhelmed with life? Are you stressed out because of all that's going on? Is your schedule so busy that you wish you could drop everything right now and take a two-week vacation, disconnect from the entire world? Well, if so, this is the right place for you. Jennifer's going to share with us about the impact that the fast-paced life that we're experiencing right now in our culture is having on people that she's seeing in her practice. She's also going to open up and get personal about her life and share about how um, she came to a crossroads, needing to work on her own mental health as a counselor so that she could better serve those that she loves. And then she gives us seven tips to help us create margin in our lives. Because if we, if, if you want to get out of the busy lifestyle, you got to create margin, space uh, to be able to live. So um, we're excited to have Jennifer on. And if you know somebody who could really benefit from today's show, we'd love for you to send them to the podcast. Josh, how can people get there? They can get there through Apple Podcasts or Spotify for podcasts, to name a couple. Once you've got those apps, all you do is search one shot. That's all one word. And then one life is also all one word. And then you'll find us. Look for the white and blue logo. <laughs> and uh, there you can download all of our previous episodes. All of our new episodes will show up there as well. You can listen to them whenever you want, whenever you've got time. And if you could leave us a five-star review, it really, really helps us get our message out. To wrap up our first segment here, let's talk about burnout in our careers. Now, I recently read an article from Forbes that showed just how deeply people across the country are burned out, exhausted, and depressed. First of all, I need to define what burnout is. Burnout is a feeling of being exhausted or trapped in a job with no options to grow. It's also characterized by cynicism and feelings of being ineffective 
It also increases depression in people's lives. If you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the study by Asana shows that 63% of employees experience burnout. Uh, looking at women and men in the study, 67% of women report burnout, 59% of men do. I thought that was interesting that mm, there are more yeah. women and men. Um, but sadly, 40% of workers believe burnout is an inv- inevitable part of just being successful, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, plus, it's also hard on people, right? Uh, it causes lower morale, uh, being less engaged, creating more mistakes, miscommunication, depression, all those things. And it's hard um, on your employer, too, because you're, you know, you're potentially either missing out on potential um, work or um, you're going to lose employees along the way. So... Um, what they did in this article is they shared five ways to alleviate burnout at work. And I just want to go through these real quickly because I think they're really effective. And I think um, you know they can be important for not only our lives, but those around us as well. The first uh, way that they shared about alleviating, bur- alleviating burnout is, number one, to create meaning. So one of the most important antidotes to burnout is a meaningful work, realizing that um, you're doing something important for those that you're serving, both maybe as a customer or also um, within the organization itself. Uh, The second way to to alleviate burnout is create belonging. Here's the thing that I think is really important for people. Connections are important. Relationships are important. Uh, Our guest Jennifer is going to share about that a little bit later on. Uh, But uh, this study found that 24% of people are lonely and 22% of people don't even have one friend at work. Oh. So I think it's important for employers maybe to create opportunities for their employees to interact with each other and build relationship. Uh, the third way um, to alleviate burnout, create leadership. Leadership's important. <laughs> if you're not leading at work and identifying and building relationships with those um, that you're leading, um, you're going to cause more stress and anxiety, especially if they're not able to openly share uh, with you about what they're going through. In fact, 51% of people don't feel comfortable talking to their manager about their own personal burnout. So uh, I think leadership, if you're in a position of leadership, it's important um, that you build relationships with your employees. All right, the fourth way is to create support. I think it's important that um, you have policies, practices, and procedures in place to support people along the way. 22% say they feel like they've been worked too hard. 13% believe that they have an unclear process of knowing what their work is supposed to be. So having supports in place to help guide people Uh, is a great way to alleviate burnout. And the final one is to create perspective. Another key to reducing burnout uh, is to realize that uh, work is there to help people, to serve people, but also, you know, there's going to be times when you don't like your work and that's okay. I mean, that's just the way work is. So um, those are some great ways to alleviate burnout. And I know there's so much more that can be done uh, to do that as well. But bottom line, the key is to be open with yourself and your employer about where you are in the process and be willing to ask for help to learn and to grow. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by licensed professional counselor, Jennifer Thume, who's going to share with us some amazing advice and tips on how to create margin in our lives. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Well, welcome back to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and we want to welcome our affiliates and listeners joining us on amazing radio stations all around the United States. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, we would love for you to contact your local station if you want to hear us live 
every single week. So again, thank you so much for listening in. Well, hey, do you feel like your life is too fast paced today? I think uh, two of the top used answers of all time when people are asked, hey, how are you? Or um, people are saying, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. (laughs) And the truth is, many of our lives are so busy that it causes mental health and relationship problems in our world. Listen to this. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental health concern in the United States. Over 40 million adults in the U.S., uh, 19.1% to be exact, have an anxiety disorder. An estimated 31% of U.S. adults experience any anxiety disorder at some point in their lives. So the question is, what can we do about it? Well, on today's show, I thought we'd dig into this topic with a great friend of the show, licensed professional counselor, Jennifer Thune. Jennifer is the president and CEO of Haven Professional Counseling in Pennsylvania, where they're doing some really amazing work and life-changing counseling there. Her counseling concentration is in marriage and family counseling for the past 20 plus years. And today she's going to share with us the impact of the fast-paced life that we're experiencing on our culture. She's going to open up about her own life and how she's come to a crossroads of needing to work on her own mental health well-being so that she can better serve those that are important to her. And then finally, she's going to give us seven tips to help us concentrate and create margin in our lives that's really going to help us decompress. So Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to introduce you to our new audience now that we're syndicated. Uh, you and your family have been on a, um, what, a couple of week uh, vacation now across the country? Yeah, this is week two, middle of week two. So what did you do? So we drove the whole way across the country from, from Pennsylvania yeah. to Big Sur, California for um, my oldest son graduated in June. And instead of a graduation party, he wanted a road trip. So this is what we did. These are places he wanted to go. Well, and they're actually just outside the studio here, which is fun uh, to have them here and to get to meet them uh, in person as well. And I know part of this trip is a way for you to you know, decompress as well, your whole family, to just develop a mental well-being. We're going to talk about more of that in the next segment. Um, but when I reached out to you and said, hey, what do you want to talk about? What are you seeing in your counseling center right now that can really help our listeners? And you shared that you're seeing a lot of connection between this fast-paced life that we're living um, and the crazy levels of anxiety and panic attacks that people are having. Um, share with us what you're seeing in regards to anxiety today in this fast-paced life. Yeah, I would say that every counseling center around us is completely booked. Um, Since COVID, there's just this wave of people that can't disconnect or decompress or back up and and, um, find that space and the margin in their life. So we're seeing like full-blown anxiety, panic disorders, people unable to um, just get back into the hectic pace of life. And so um, as we are trying to get people in there's waiting lists there's people that um are upset that they can't get in and we can't find counselors for them it's crazy it's the same way here i know every time i've had a counselor on the show um they say well i'll say well what do you want to promote as far as the way for people to get in contact with you and they're like we're so booked right now you know they're welcome to contact us but we can't handle the load so, um, so how, how, do, how are you seeing this fast paced life impact people's lives? What's happening? I think in order for us to regulate emotionally and in our own mental health, we need that space and that margin in our lives. So I think what we're seeing is this ripple effect of adults not being able to cope and handle that. And then our kids, whether they're little or they're teenagers like mine standing outside here, they 
regulate off of us emotionally. So if we're not okay, they're not okay a lot of times. So I think we just need the space for people to be able to talk through their things, get outside and and start to work through some of these issues that are coming at us. Yeah, as I coach people across the country, one of the things when I'm working with them on the priorities that they want to achieve um, is making time to not only pursue the priorities, but to establish good priorities. And for most people, they're like, Doug, hey, you know, my schedule is so busy now. Like, how do I fit this in? I'm like, you got to learn how to develop that margin or that space in your life. Um, what kind of lifestyle are people leading at this point? What are you seeing getting in the way of people actually stepping back and just evaluating and really working on themselves? I think performance, I think what's being put out there as far as like, in order to be successful, you have to do, 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 instead of stepping back finding the space to be able to do something well, we're trying to do all the things and not saying no to enough things. Mm. Um, and so I think we need to learn to say yes to only the things that are our highest priorities for a while until we can find that balance between work. Right. And that schedule so busy. What are the, some of the things that you see as you're counseling people that are getting in the way? The things in, in their lives that maybe aren't important, but they're placing them as important? Yeah. Too much time on media. like Isn't that the truth? Yes. yes. That would be the number one thing, which I do think is creating anxiety and panic in itself because you're watching kids and being on there younger and younger. You're watching these teenagers who are watching what all their friends are doing and knowing what they're doing without them and then like comparing and being upset that they're not included, which creates anxiety and I'm not enough and just this cycle of constant input, which we were never designed to that is, do. That's so true. I, I was thinking about this the other day. There, There is so much, way too much information out there. Way too much when you're scrolling the feed and you're, and all of that stuff's coming in. How does that impact the brain? You know what I'm saying? Does that like a, like a, is it like a high? Is it a hit that people get that, that cause them to want to keep yeah. moving forward? Just like, you know, an alcoholic or a chain smoker? Yeah. The addiction levels with them, um, whether it's gaming or social media, like it's all the same centers in the brain that are affected by like you get that high on the game of like, oh, I got this one. So I have to stay on and keep going and and achieve the next thing. So it's again, that performance, that achievement, I have to achieve the next thing. And it just sucks them in. Like there's, there's no kid that will say no and set their video game down without a parent putting a limit on them. <laughs> right. And I, I don't know how many times a week I say that, especially with kids with like ADHD. Like there's just a higher level and it creates behavior and anger and all the things. And parents are like, fix this. <laughs> and so, again, priorities and limits on balancing lives out. But I think we as parents have to do that for our kids and help them with that. I read an article of a teacher who's um, did some work and uh, study uh, with thousands of kids uh, and parents. And she said, I never had a parent tell me that um, it was too, I gave the phone to my kid too early. <laughs> they were always wishing, she said, not one. She said, they are always wished that it, they would have waited to give them a phone or an iPad to, you know, consume their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just creates chaos in their brains and like, and fries 
things out too early. <laughs> that's not that's not the clinical term. But well, let's talk about the unclinical term of frying things out. What are things to look for with anxiety, anxiety disorder, panic attacks? So just like a general feeling of like being on all the time. You'll see like like some people will find, feel like tingling in their body. Some kids like breathing fast and like a panic attack. You'll see behavior in kids. Like I was saying, especially with like the gaming and stuff, there's a direct correlation between like really negative temper tantrum kind of behaviors in your smaller kids and like all that anxiety or just um, stomach aches, headaches, um, all the things. Oversensitivity. Oversensitivity. Do a lot of things. I know our daughter, very high achieving. And I remember when she was a kid and I'll get personal here, but I remember when she was a kid and she would really, um, she had a short fuse and she would break down quite often. And we didn't know at the time, this was years ago. We didn't know at the time that that really, I, I think it would probably be diagnosed as panic attack, anxiety disorder. And because um, I hadn't experienced anything like that until I went to a conference one time, a room of about seven people, and um, it was about a, it was a speaking conference in front of a, a nationally known speaker that I respect. I was giving a talk, a three minute talk, and totally blanked out and freaked out, had a panic attack, and I, it scared me to death. So when I came home, I was able to sit down with my daughter and say, "Listen." Um, I completely understand where you are because she had had a breakdown. I go, and she goes, I, no, you don't. You don't understand. I said, yes, I do. And I shared with her my story. And um, it's, it's awareness. It's, it's being, right, being aware of where your kids are, where your spouse is, um, where your friends are, and being willing to, I, I'm assuming, being willing to ask how they're doing. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, asking, asking how they're doing and just self-awareness in their own body of what's happening and being able to have that space where you can talk through things. Yeah, I, my wife, I remember when my, I had a sister that passed away the year that we got married. And um, throughout that year, I was, you know, struggling just with, you know, obviously the, the morning of that. And somebody had pointed out to us and to my wife watch for habits that Doug might have. And one of them that she had identified still to this day, and this has been over 30 years ago, I would sigh. Well, as soon as I would sigh, she would, she, she got into the habit of asking me still to this day. She just asked me the other day, what's going on? What's happening? What are you thinking about? And that's a trigger. It was a, tr it was my physical trigger of anxiety or things that I'm thinking about that are causing frustration. And she allows me the opportunity to get that out. Um, so that's just a little tool that we learned along yeah. the way. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, hey, uh, it's time to take another break. Um, this is such a great and relevant topic. And when we come back, we're going to hear about how a counselor also needs a counselor. Jennifer will open up about her own life and how she came to a crossroads of needing to work on her own mental well-being so that she can be there to serve those most important in her life. And later on, she's going to give us seven tips to create more margin in our lives. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Welcome back. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and thank you again for joining us on One Shot, One Life. Well, today we're learning about the deep and negative impact that living a fast-paced lifestyle can have on your overall mental health. In the last segment, licensed mental health counselor Jennifer Thume shared with us 
the rise of anxiety and panic disorders that she's seeing in her practice and how our fast-paced social life is impacting people. Um, if you missed the first half of the show, we highly recommend that you go back and check out this episode on the podcast. Simply get on your favorite podcast platform and search One Shot, all one word, one life, all one word. And while you're there, you can listen to other past episodes as well. Well, uh, Jennifer, let's go ahead and dig in. The last segment, we talked about just how people are impacted by a life uh, that's really fast-paced and how it gives anxiety, and I can just think of all kinds of things and activities that we do that do that. I shared some of my personal story of how I've been impacted by anxiety and our family as well. How about yourself? You know, I always I was a pastor for 13 years, and so I know that uh, there's an, a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual stress that comes on your life when you're working with people, especially with deep issues that people are dealing with. I always talk to counselors and, and pastors uh, when we're just kind of bantering back and forth. I always ask them, "Hey, how you doing? Are you how do you how do you decompress? How do you get counseling yourself? Um, how does that work for a counselor?" Does a counselor need a counselor? I guess that's my question. Absolutely. 120%. Um, yeah. So I started my own business, Haven Professional Counseling, in 2017 and hit the ground running pretty hard, seeing a lot of clients. I personally have a lot of margin to see a lot of clients, but the back end of running a business on top of seeing a lot of clients was too much. Um, and so I'd spent a couple of years in your one shot group yep. and that was a great place for me to have leadership um, development and just have other people that I could lean into. But as time went on and stress of family and stress of business and making money, I really wasn't doing so hot probably a couple of years in. Um, and so I actually joined, um, famous at home with Christy and Josh Straub. And she became my one-on-one -on -one coach after a group coaching and has worked me through some of my own stuff. Because if we don't have our own stuff taken care of, then we're pretty much not super helpful to everyone else. Plus, we specialize in trauma. And so that secondary trauma piece, when you're hearing the hard all day long, every day, um, if you don't have somewhere to take that and and process it out yourself, it just starts to, I just kind of feel it in my body. And, and I was hitting exhaustion pretty much 24 seven. What are some, so, you know, obviously how many counselors do you have on your staff right I now? I think we're at about five. Five. So you've got five counselors. You're all dealing with the same type of traumas in other people's lives that you're trying to walk through. What do you do for your staff? And we'll talk about you in a second, but what do you do for your staff to help them in this process? Yeah, so we we weekly as a staff to talk through our cases and process cases. But in this last year, we also added in a component where one of my other leadership counselors is walking us through Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, so just a place for us to kind of walk through our own stuff and talk and be real and authentic and like get to the nitty gritty with each other so that we're we have it laid out on the table because it can get kind of messy when you work in a place where all the people are feelers and they know what you're feeling, whether you've told them or not, because they're reading you all yep, day yep. long. So, yeah, that's just given us some space to really push for being healthy right. and, th and authentic with each other. And I think we can all relate to some level because, you know, a lot of people want to help people. And so they listen and they share people's stories. They're trying to make an income, right. And, you know, develop their careers. 
They may have families and kids and they're trying to get them around. So your stress isn't unlike anybody else's stress. It's just that you're taking on double because you're hearing about everybody else's. What are some things or what were some things that you did to kind of get you back on track? So the coaching with Famous at Home, um, their focus is on family stuff was pretty big. Plus, I still stayed in touch with the one shot group, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And then I started pushing back margin in my life. I'm an introvert. I'm a deep feeler. I'm highly sensitive. So I take on stuff at a deeper level than maybe the average person. So I need space like I need no one around like that sounds terrible for a counselor. No, like, but like I, I need to be done peopling at a certain point. Um, so I pushed back my work schedule to not go until like ten or even twelve some days, so that I could have space to walk and pray. And I'm training therapy dogs right now, so we take the puppies for a walk. Um, just being outside is is my space. All right, puppies. We got to talk about puppies. Why puppies? Therapy dogs. Why therapy dogs? Yeah. Because they, so I have border collies and I've, we've had border collies for a long time. And that when I came home from work, like my dogs know what I'm feeling before I know what I'm feeling. So like, like their nose is in your lap and they want petted, like they can pick up on the emotion in a different way that like sometimes get in there in a way that doesn't involve talking. Mm-hmm. So, and just working the stress out of the body. So we had puppies last, they just turned one on the 27th. So <laughs> I've got four puppies we're training. They're at the trainer right now, but yeah, they, you can get in there in a different way with dogs. And then we have, we're working towards the horses too. I know my daughter that I spoke about in the last segment, she, she got a, a dog within the last year and that's been a tremendous help for her. It's been, we can, and my wife and I can just see a, a drastic difference in her and Um, less anxiety and just having um, really for her, not only a responsibility, but also a feeling of caring, right? Um, That animal gives you a sense of caring and relationship that um, maybe you don't necessarily see. So that's really cool that you did that. All right. So what are some other ways that you've developed margin? And then I've got another question to ask you in regards to authenticity. Yeah. So going in later, making a set time of I'm not working past six seven at the latest where in the past I'd work 12 hour days and I'd work till eight or nine at night and come home with nothing left for my family. So I also at some point asked my kids what they saw. Mm. So be ready for the answer if you're going to ask that question, (laughs) Um, because they were pretty honest about what they were seeing in me and how much I had left over for the family. So like just resetting priorities in that way um, and talking it out with them, spending time with them. Um, saying no, I actually stepped out of ministry from 2020 to 2022, nothing at church because I just had nothing left over, just needed a break, um, which is something that I've never done. So I felt like I couldn't say no, but I did. And, And then I, when I went back, I made a decision on what I was stepping into and what I was saying no to so that I could be really doing well what I was stepping into. Staying focused on your priorities. I went through that same thing when I stepped out of ministry. I needed time to heal. I mean, there was a time of healing. As a matter of fact, yesterday I just spoke with a pastor um, that I know who, and I encouraged our staff, we got it in our contracts and stuff, to take a sabbatical, right? It was kind of like forced margin, right? How do you do that? You take your vacation time, 
right? You take your sabbatical time. Um, we got that worked in our church before I left, and the pastor there hadn't for years hadn't taken a sabbatical until last year actually took it. And I'm like, hey, when are you going to take this? Well, another pastor I just talked to who got off of the sabbatical, um, he took it for the first time in his 35 plus career um, time, and he goes, he didn't he didn't develop a structure to step away. And so he was dealing with other personal issues once he did the sabbatical, which is interesting. So you need to find that margin in your life no matter what at any yeah. time. So, well, let's, um, I, want, I, I want to get to this question because the last time we had you on the show, uh, you talked about really just having this passion to fight for authenticity. And so I wanted you to touch upon this before we take a break. Um, you said that we need to fight for a deep, authentic, true community with others. Yes. What do you mean by that? I think that's completely missing in our society right now um, because of the social media end of things. And we have so many friends on social media, but we don't actually have conversations with people where you're sitting across from somebody face to face like we're doing right now. Like that's missing the community of growing up in a farming community where when somebody needed help with their crops, like the neighbors are all there and helping them get things in before the weather comes in. That kind of just walking alongside each other, knowing what's going on in each other's lives and being truly deep and authentic instead of the surface level performance kind of based relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think, honestly, I don't know that like our younger generation has a good grasp at all of how to even do that. Yeah. Cause they're building relationships on social media. And yeah. through texts, which yeah. aren't deep. I know for us, uh, it's been important, my wife and I, it's been important that we take time every week to get together and talk. And also that we spend intentional time with our kids who are adults now, like our daughter and her significant other came, um, you know, came over last night and we spent a couple hours just chatting. Uh, getting to know each other uh, deeper and deal with things. So that's really good. We're going to take our final break here. When we come back, Jennifer's going to share with us seven tips to create more margin in our lives. These are really, really good. Um, you need to stick around because it's going to be a huge help to you and those that you love. Thank you for listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. Helping you tap into the power of the ultimate success formula to win at anything in life. This is One Shot, One Life. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on One Shot, One Life. We love having you with us. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. And if you want to stay up to date on all that we're doing at One Shot, One Life, I highly recommend that you join our email community. We have over 10,000 people uh, that we email each week. Just one email a week, by the way, Josh. Only one email. One. Just one. We don't spam you, nor do we sell your information as well. No, you're you, safe with us. That's right. Your email um, will, receive, will include information about the show, previous guests, future guests, update on guests, and anything else that we're doing at One Shot One Life as well. All you have to do is go to oneshotonelife.com. By the way, we've got a brand new updated website. And if you log in for the first time, uh, it's just going to pop up. Your little connection uh, page is going to pop up. You just put your name and email, first name and email in there, and then uh, we'll uh, give you a weekly email out there. Plus, you also get... You get the song. You get One Shot One Life by Voda. That's right. It's a banger. <laughs> 
what does a banger mean? I think that's what the kids say now okay, for I really just, good I just, songs. I just, I just it wanted slaps. to check. I don't, I don't oh, know. No. I don't oh, know it's what getting I'm worse. About. Oh, Josh is getting worse. All right. So, uh, yes, go to OneShotOneLife.com. We'd love to have you join us. Well, today we're learning about the deep and negative impact that uh, living a fast-paced lifestyle, a banger lifestyle, uh, can have on your overall mental health. Um, Blaise Pascal didn't live a banger lifestyle. He was in the 1600s. He didn't thump or bang. But um, anyway, he, he has a quote <laughs> that I absolutely love. And because it helps us really realize how important it is uh, to be alone to create margin. He says that all of men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. Now, my question is, what did Blaze have to worry about in the 1600s? Like, you know, feeding his horse? Getting some firewood? I mean, today we've got phones and iPads and computers and and baseball games and uh, work and making money and debt and relationships. And uh, it's so important to get alone. So as uh, Jennifer shares tips about creating margin, uh, I think my pre-tip is find a quiet space alone on a regular basis. I do that. Do it on a daily basis, and it'll really help you create margin. So, Jennifer, you've laid out seven tips to create more margin in our lives. So let's go ahead and dig into those. What is the first tip you recommend? The first one we have is to prioritize your life. So what are the things that you value the most, the things that you're going to put first and that you're going to live your life by? I think it's important for people, you know, to truly understand what's important, right? Uh, an easy way that I work with when I you know, to find this and identify these things in people's lives when I work with clients across the country is writing your own obituary. I know it sounds morbid, but the reality is it really quickly helps you identify what is truly important in life. Um, and it's been so interesting for people to go through that. Um, Jennifer, I know you've gone through that process a couple of times. What has it been like? What did it show you? Yeah, I've written my obituary twice for Doug, I think. <laughs> no, maybe it, a third time. Maybe a third time. It was three years. So, yeah, it just makes you stop and evaluate and look at, like, what do you want to be remembered for? What's the legacy you want to leave behind? What do you want carried on down through the ages? Not just that you showed up here and, and you lived a little bit and then you're gone. What do you want to be left behind? Yeah, and I think it's important uh, for... Um, for us to all realize what are our priorities. All right, tip number two to create margin, you say evaluate your schedule often. Why? Because if you don't evaluate your schedule, your schedule is going to run you. Um, we actually have the Apple calendar that we share between my husband and I and the three boys, and it really just helps us to know who needs to be where, when, how, why, which cars available, all the things. We have that Apple schedule too. And anytime anybody updates anything, it's instant. Like it just shows up on your phone. So you know exactly what's happening. Um, my wife and I use that as well. It's been a lot. I'm telling you, this is a golden nugget, my friends. This is a lifesaver, especially if you've got a spouse uh, and, a, and or a family uh, to do. My wife also keeps a notebook. I'm not kidding. And the beginning of every week, she writes out the entire week and everything she's uh, doing. And I get check on that every day because it just helps us keep in sync. Because a lot of times I think there's stress in relationships where uh, where it comes when uh, somebody's schedule has been disrupted or I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Well, let's alleviate that stress and keep a calendar. Yeah. And some people like the paper better just because writing it down puts it in your head and it settles them in a different yep. way than the electronics. Yep. All right. What's tip number three? 
Prioritize your day. So it doesn't matter what system you're going to use, but keeping some kind of form of what's going to happen in that day and using it to prioritize what needs to happen no matter what, I think. Otherwise, your day can kind of just take you over and you get to the end of the day and don't have the major things done that you want to be in there. What, uh, how many things do you think is good or is good? How many like top priorities per day would you recommend for people to at least put down initially? Mm. I'd probably only start with like one or two yeah. to make sure that you find a rhythm that works for you. Like this is what has to happen in this day in order for me to be okay. Yeah. If you've got a list of 50, I mean, the reality is you're yeah. probably not going to get done. It's going to create more anxiety. Yeah. Than, than you're going the, to bed frustrated. That's right. All right. Tip number four to create more margin, stop unnecessary time wasters. I know this is a good one. Yep. What are your time wasters? Um, we keep going back to that social media, TV, um, anything on the electronics all the time, but it can be other things as well. Like anything that's taking away from you and depleting you more than it's filling you up and getting you to a place where you are settled and rested and not feeling like life is leaving your body. What about, you know, uh, people will use the word hobby as... <laughs> something that's like really for them. Right. But what if a hobby gets in the way of, you know, your vital relationships and priorities? Let me give you an example. I'll speak to the fellas here. Um, I've got friends that love to golf, um, but they, some golf all the time. And um, can a hobby get in the way of you um, fulfilling and living out those priorities in your life? Absolutely. Because anything that takes more time away from the people that you love and puts that priority or that hobby above your relationships, I think that is not valuable for your life at all That's and it actually creates problems. Yeah. Yeah. Evaluate, uh, evaluate where you're at in that. All right. Tip number five. What is that? Schedule times to organize. So sometime in the week, family meeting, you guys come up with it and then just decide on what what's this week going to look like and kind of talk through it so that that actually is an anxiety decreaser if you have anxiety because we like to know what's coming if we have anxiety so right. i'm my personality lends itself to if my if my schedule gets disrupted in some way mentally i get a little frazzled Okay, my wife would say a lot frazzled, like if there's a little disruption, right? Um, and, uh, you know, scheduling times to organize can help you step back. Do you, do, do you recommend doing that with your you know, spouse, kids, family, coworkers? Yeah, so weekly meeting or just like a only a, maybe a daily touching base on. So what's changed in the schedule? Because, yes, it pops up immediately on those electronic things. But like if we're not checking it all the time because we're trying to detox from electronics, just that daily back and forth face to face check in, I yeah. think is a good idea. All right. Tip number six to create more margin in your life. And you touched upon this when you talked about your own personal story. Don't say yes to everything. Yeah, especially for uh, those of us who are recovering people pleasers, you <laughs> need to know that you don't have to say yes to everything, that you're allowed to say no. Um, this is a hard one to learn, but so valuable when you get there. Uh, uh. So when you have, we'll talk about Lisa Turker's best yes book for all the ladies out there. That's an excellent book to kind of give you a way to prioritize. And what are you saying yes to you? And who are you doing it for? Like, are you saying it yes because you really want to do it? Or are you saying yes because you feel like, what are they going to think if I say no? Yes. 
I think what you just said, creating a trigger, right? Um, and that's the hard part about getting into a habit is you've got to create a trigger of why you want to make that change. And so, man, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, would you do this for me or X, that's so hard to say no sometimes. Right. But if you can get that trigger to say, oh, no, the reason why I'm saying no is I need to spend more time with my, my child. I need to spend more time with my wife. I need to yada, 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 whatever that is. Yeah. All right. So what's the final tip then to create more margin? This is a good one. And this is fun because you're just coming off of this. Yeah. Scheduled downtime and family time. So yeah, we're coming off of a two-week vacation. I told people when you're leaving, we're either going to come back really liking each other or somebody's not making it back. <laughs> so, so far in Nebraska, we're all still here. <laughs> you are. Yes, you are. You're still here. And it was fun to meet your family. And uh, they said they had a great trip. I've been watching uh, what you've been doing. So it's so important to schedule this. And I know, um, you know, when I wrote, when we raised our family, our schedule was so busy that we didn't do a lot of time, but we found to try, we tried to find a way to get away for little breaks at a time if we weren't going to do a big vacation. Um, one of the things that my wife and I just um, implemented in our lives is, uh, last year is we're doing a staycation in our own town. Um, we're spending extended time in a hotel um, down in our, what we call the Haymarket area, which there's a lot of food and restaurants and shops and that type of stuff. Last year we did it. It was one of the most relaxing times. We didn't have to travel. We didn't have any stress of that, uh, figuring out what we were going to do. We just took the day as it came, you know, a little staycation, they call it. Yeah. And uh, it's been great. And we're getting ready to do it next week. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. So, well, speaking of this and downtime and, and spending time together with those that you love, at your uh, uh, counseling center, you are creating uh, just a whole concept now uh, of a retreat center to bring people together. Share with us that vision. Yeah, so we're sitting on a 20-year vision of a family retreat center that we've been kind of working towards. What we would like to see happen, hopefully in the near future, is for like one family at a time, one really small group, so we can create that intimacy, that downtime, that reset for you and your family. And it'll be individualized based on like what you're bringing in and what you need. But just to teach people how to be intentional about doing this. What would that look like then? Give us an example of what that time would look like. So right now the idea floating around is I work Monday through Thursday, longer days. So it would be like integrated into our schedules so that our staff has Friday through Sunday to reset and reboot mm -hmm. and make their family a priority. So probably like two and a half to three day intensives to start with whatever needs addressed during that time. So would you, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, would you then kind of get an idea of what that family dynamic is, what they're actually needing in the process, and then you would kind of um, develop a kind of a, a personalized uh, weekend retreat for them? Yeah, personalized retreat for whoever we're serving. So my heart is for being outside the animals. I grew up on a farm, like I know the value of being outside and being in that space where a lot of people just don't have that anymore. Our, our actual outpatient counseling center is on a farm as well. So as we expand into this, it will be like a house to themselves with maybe a host couple or whatever, however it gets designed, um, that will stay with them. And then they will kind of have their days designed around what they're needing. That is so good. That is so good. And I, I, I want to stress to people 
personal growth and development, you need to invest in yourself and your families. Um, you need to spend because if you don't, um, you're probably going to have to deal with uh, more tragic type issues down the road. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Be proactive instead of reactive and intentional, I think, because even when I got to my lowest point, I didn't even know how bad I was until I walked into that retreat and lost my stuff. Like the first <laughs> night I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm crying. But everybody else was crying too. So it was fine. But no, I, I think we, we're so busy in that pace and that lifestyle that we don't realize how much our souls are missing what we really need. Well, if people want to get more information um, and want to stay up to date with what you're doing at your center, how can people get that info? Yeah, so we'll keep the website updated. There's not retreat stuff on there yet, but there will be soon. And that's at www.haven-professional-counseling.com. Haven-professional-counseling.com. All right, Jennifer, well, thank you so much for stopping by in the studios with uh, your family. I uh, look forward to having you back on the show again. It's been some great information. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great to see you. You bet. Well, if you'd like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find them on all podcast platforms. Simply search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast service. And you can find the information as well on the podcast on our website at oneshotonelife.com. Uh, today's guest, we want to thank Jennifer Thume. Special thanks to my executive producer, Josh Floyd. Until next time, take full advantage of your amazing one life and make every single day count. One shot, one life. Thank you for listening to the One Shot, One Life show. Visit oneshotonelife.com to get a free download of our theme song. Join a mastermind group. Purchase one of our online courses and more. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com.